an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter at The Ask Brothers. Get all our content on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, and SoundCloud at Ask Bros. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Well, hey, press the right button. Hey. And it's Thursday night. Thursday night live, thir- live on a Thursday. How about that? <laughs> Makes a change. The microphone works. The internet's working. We've got Is that a pair of panties of I can see hanging over your bedstead, though, there? What was that? You've got a pair of panties hanging over your bedstead no, behind you. A, I think that's some kind of, like... <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't know. Heat bag? Bean heated bag of some I don't sort? Know. I don't know I don't why know you just don't do. turn around and have a look at it. You're looking at it through a camera. <laughs> it's fucking right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do your elven eyes see? Scam <laughs> Welcome I see Gimli, son of Gloin. Come on, let's go. It's late. I want to go to bed. Welcome to another edition of Thursday Night Live. On a Thursday, it's live. I've got a big full house tonight. John, by my usual, Scanny Mike. How are you doing, mate? Um, I'm very well, thank uh, you. It's <laughs> enough. Let's move on. Max yep. is with us. I am here. And I'm, I'm joined by Gimli, all the way from the United States of America. How about that? How international is this podcast? Three time zones? It's pretty, pretty You're going to tell me you're in Hitchin or somewhere, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be back with the Yars Bros. It's been a minute, so let's let's get into it. Ryan, yeah. is behind you your sexy unicorn? I it's mean... Always good, it's always good to have a sexy unicorn on the show, but considering most people just listen to this and they don't actually see it, maybe we should stop commenting yeah. on what's behind everybody. I was looking at my last little artist studio behind. Look at that. Didn't notice that. Do I look like an artist? No. No, you look like a cunt, the same as you always do. Well, you managed to last two minutes, 18 seconds before you use the C word tonight, <laughs> Matt. Well done. Good. Good on you. So where did we start? Really so let me just a quick question for, uh, let's turn my phone up. Quick question for Max and Vascani. Um, after I last spoke with you, uh, two more wins, um, two more clean sheets. Uh, are you happier? I'll let Max go first. Go on, Max. Are you happier? I don't think. I don't. I don't think at the end of the last podcast, uh, Darren, that Scunny and I weren't happy. We just weren't willing to suck the proverbial Arsenal slash Arteta dick that you were. We weren't willing to take it the whole way down to the balls and the shaft, unlike you, who had just had inserted it into themselves, then uninserted it, and then kept reinserting it very, very fast. <laughs> I think at the end of the show, Scunny and I said, you know, we were willing to give him a little willy tickle for, for his performance at, at uh, Norwich. And then I think for the performance at Burnley, you know, we're getting into the realms of getting close to a hand job behind the bike sheds for Arteta. But no, you know, all, uh, all, all wanking fucking stories aside. Um, and you won't have anything to say. That is your whole vocabulary, Scunny. <laughs> Give me something I can use. <laughs> You're a bit happy. I don't know. I don't know how I can top that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm. I'm. I'm still. The, I'm. I'm pretty much where Max is, but probably not into that. Sen- not into that motion of sense of giving someone's balls a tickle. <laughs> giving. Um, giving it I'm, I'm happier, but I'm not. Sucking on his titties just yet. Give yeah, me, they, let me just give you some background. I'm the most positive Arsenal support in the world when everyone is negative. Okay, we haven't had I'm a chance negative. to see. We haven't had a chance to see how negative I can be, because everyone is so negative. So I tend to switch it round, and I am happy. I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the first time in ten years because I've watched this club that I love, that I followed for many, many years, as you can tell, and it's been a slow, steady, steady decline. It's been depressing. It's been hard to get behind. And now at least I see some kind of plan. I see some new faces. I see something exciting. So I'm just genuinely, genuinely excited about watching Arsenal again. Uh, and then you've got these two miserable fuckers who, uh, you know. I'm not, uh, I've been, I have been very positive lately. I have. I've, all I've been saying is, and me and Max have said this pretty much from the start of the season, you know, we want people to start proving us wrong. 
You know, I was I wasn't critical. I've been critical of Arteta, but I'm still maintaining that he still needs to prove me wrong. You know, we've got a few hard games coming up now. We've got the North London derby next. Uh, I can't exactly. Remember. It's getting late, and I'm getting it's bright. And it's uh, yeah, you got Brighton, which is going to be on. a difficult Come game. Come on, how far have we fallen that we've got a tough run coming? But, up? That lot down yeah. the road at home, Brighton and Crystal Palace. So, Gimli, my question was, where are you on this platform? I mean, I'm, I'm a bit too high sometimes, I get that. And these um, Max is certainly very low. He wanted Arteta out after two, three games this season. Um, Never said that. Scanny's been a little... <laughs> and Scanny's been that. a little in the middle. Where, where are you on the... On, on the on, Gimli, I haven't spoke to you before. Tell me where you are on this platform. Uh, so it's funny. So I'll, I think it was two seasons ago, uh, the Ars Bros went on um, from Dialed Square to Wear with Andrew, the Hinkley Gooner. And I was talking like I was about to take a, a walk off the ledge. I had to have Max calm me down, um, tell me to stand down, you know, and all this nonsense. Um he but was slinging that fucking axe everywhere. Yeah, I was going, I, I went, I, I went, I was depression mode times a million, but. You know, fast forward to now, kind of just not really accepting it, but just realizing, you know, we're a bad team. We've been a bad team for quite a while. Uh, I was one of the first people um, to kind of just put it out there that we're not good. Um, but you, you fast forward to right now, you know, against the Bur- uh, against Burnley, I'm I I see the progress. I see the baby steps. I'm very impressed with our win against Burnley, not because one nil to Burnley, but because we out physical the team that has hammered us, that has just threw us on the pitch, pinned us down, ripped our pants off, and did what they want to do with us, and we just took it every time we played them. Whether whether we whether we escaped with a winner or, or a draw, we've always just bend over and took it from Burnley. And to out-physical, probably the, the most physical team that really got think is a huge win for us, and that's something that I've been just begging to see. Yeah, we're not scoring goals. I think that's still a problem that definitely needs to be addressed. But the fact that we could just hang with the big boys and, and push our push our way back into games and be physical and be willing to fight back. That's something that I haven't seen from this club in God, God knows how long. So that that for me is just fantastic to see. And I just hope we take it into one of our most, if not the most important game of our season on Sunday against Scum. It's funny how uh, that game on Sunday has uh, now become the biggest game of the season again. Whereas when we were at Pomp about 10 years ago, we almost didn't. I mean, it was always a big game, but it wasn't that important. Our rivals were Manchester United. Our rivals were were City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and now it, it, it takes on huge importance at the weekend. Let's go back. I mean, it's funny we're back to doing Thursday night live. We used to do Thursday night live when we used to have midweek games every week. So Thursday night was a good night to do them because we'd do them straight after we played in Europe. Well, we don't do that anymore. So it's, it's Burnley feels a real long, long time ago. But I just there was a couple of things I just want to bring up on that because everyone's talked it to death now. We've seen it. We've had another game since. But didn't you think, Max? This come to you. Didn't didn't you think that that lineup that he put out against Burnley was almost a little too attacking, a little bit too lightweight? Um, you know, we all picked a team when we did the podcast last how we thought it would go, and he seemed to play every attacking player that we had. And it seemed like we, we all thought that there was going to be one or two of those missing. Where were you on that, Max? I really liked it because I saw it as a move away from something that I had very much fallen out of love with, with Arsenal, fallen out of love with, with Arteta. And it was that instead of just picking players to sit in a position, it felt to me like every player that was picked on the pitch could perform multiple roles. So if you look at John Tonkotsu, you know, he can be that back three player. He can be that right back player. Uh, it, ben for those White, who don't know who John Tonkotsu is, that's uh, our wonderful new right back, Tommy Tom Tonkotsu is the type of ramen where you get a boiled egg. So that's my name for Tommy Yasu. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a dynamic player, as in he can do multiple roles. I think Ben White is a dynamic player, can do multiple roles. I think Gabriel is quite a dynamic player, as in is a is a big, burly bloke who also can carry the ball. Kirantini can get forward, can come back. Party can play deep, progress the ball. Odegaard can be an eight, can be a ten. Smith Rowe can be a ten, be an eight, be a right winger. Saka can be whatever the fuck he wants to be. So, 
it, it felt to me that it was a team that was going to be dynamic enough that it could change in-game with the game state. And I found that that's probably been one of the things I've disliked most about Arteta's teams is that he would put a team to go out and as soon as it didn't go right for him or the game state changed, those players were so inflexible. Jack is a very inflexible player, good at what he does, but very inflexible. El Nenny, good at what he does, very inflexible. And so it felt to me that this was a move towards a more modern outcome. And, and, you know, I got beaten up in a tweet because I said in a tweet after the Norwich game, I can see something here. This is the first time that Arteta was showing me something. And it wasn't the football and it wasn't the goals and it wasn't the free-flowing football. But I was starting to get an understanding of what his idea or his notion of, of football is. So it was very exciting for me from that perspective to be able to see something and it goes back to something that all of us, uh, Gimli, Scunny, and I have said on podcasts in the past. It's something that we've all said, which is where we just wanted to see what Arsenal football was. We were willing to accept that Arsenal football was not going to be what Arsenal football used to be. But we just wanted to see where it was and where it was going. And I'm starting to get some understanding of what types of player Arteta wants and how he maybe wants them to fit into a quotation mark system. You finished good because I'm losing the will to live. But 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 Mike, yeah. If I talk about wanking, you're losing the will to live. And if I try no, no. and get tactical, you glaze over. It's no, not no, my fault that you, you got dementia. You spoke beautifully. Didn't answer the question. Didn't do anything. But you just gave us answer the fucking question last week. So Mike, but Mike, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, look, I'm, I'm the positive fan. I didn't enjoy the Burnley game at all. I didn't think it worked. Uh, I thought we just, you know, we're we're, talk, we're, we're playing against a team that hasn't. Uh, won a game yet this season. Uh, I understand he picked that team because he was going to take the game to them. But it was more of a team that he would pick, I think, in the home fixture. And away from home, we just were exposed. And didn't we get battered for really 60, 70 minutes of that game? I mean, not not clinically because it was Burnley. But we didn't really see, outside a couple of small glimpses of our attacking play, we didn't really see anything, did we? Uh, I was there. I didn't see nothing. Yeah, good. <laughs> no, 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 no. To be fair, when you say it was an attacking team, uh, when you asked uh, when you asked Max his question first about it being a very attacking team, I thought the only thing that I was more concerned about, and I still find there's issues within Arsenal at the minute, is going forward. I just think they're very hesitant on the ball. I think they don't really want to make them killer passes, you know, to feed the ball through to the likes of Aubameyang, Saka, or Pepe. I just don't see what the issue is there. And I saw that a lot against Norwich, and I thought, oh, it's probably, you know, it, it, it's 1-0, it, it's, it's moving forward slowly. And I thought, well, maybe come Burnley, we might see a little bit more of it. But it, we're still not getting that attacking football. But surely that's going to come, Scanny. Because yeah, but it... this is... No, this is, you know, before you interrupt, <laughs> what I was going to say was, is like, yeah, maybe it will come, but it's, it's coming slowly. Mm-hmm. And it's not really, and it's not that it's 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 not the fact that it can't go, because there were options there. I saw Aubameyang, I saw Saka, and I saw Pepe making some really good runs behind behind their back line, and just you know you could see either it was either Erdegaard, um, Saka sometimes as well, and ESR when he came when he I can't remember if he started. Yeah, he started, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. he was there, when he started, when he. Um, to move forward, I'm getting lost, I'm losing my train of thought now. But when yeah, to move the ball forward and to make these passes that we do see in Premiership football, and we used to see it a lot with Arsenal, and this is what Aubameyang needs to score goals, is then through balls, uh, through the defence to his feet. And you can see these players looking up to see where these other players are, and they're just, you know, they're thinking, you know, there's that hesitance to do it, they're like, do I, don't I, do I, don't I, I'll just pass it backwards, or I'll just pass it to this guy. See, I, didn't get, I didn't get that, Mike. I didn't feel like we passed the ball backwards. I just felt like there was a a lack of cohesion from an offensive unit who is still finding its way. It's like building a house, right? Arsenal, we got shattered. So now we've got to rebuild our house. And for years we've complained that we had all of the flair and none of the fucking structure, right? We could, if we could go and ditch a team 5-0 or we could go and get done by a fucking Burnley and concede a goal early. So for me, I'm looking at that and I'm like, the foundations are being built. The team underneath is being built. Defensively, we're solid. Everyone got back into positions. Our right back stood at fucking right back and did his job. And then all that attacking flair, you know, it's like putting the fucking roof on. 
and I assume that's going to come. And I, and I agree with you well, in that case, Max. But the problem here is with Aubameyang, he doesn't have many years left here, and he's probably our golden goose for right now, just based on and and based on what we want to do. But the thing is, also, he doesn't fit our system. He doesn't fit the way Arteta wants to play. And it's it's getting down to the point where Aubameyang is, is what well, he's got two years left on his contract. He's probably not going to resign, you know. And he, he's probably declining slowly, whether we whether people want to admit it or not. Um, I think for us, for right now, yes, it, I, and I agree with you, slowly building, slowly building. But for Aubameyang and for what we want to do right now, especially some of these some of these supporters that want to win now, it's shit to get off games. the pops. It's not fucking after Christmas and we're still not scoring goals, you fucking donut. No, I, I, it's, yeah, I, I, I get I, what I you're saying. It, I, I still think we need to be, we need to be making more, uh, more decisive moves inside the 18 because we're not. We're, we're scared. It's almost as if we get inside the 18 and whoever makes the first mistake, Arteta's going to take out back and, and beat Created down. 20 chances, 20 chances no, against yeah. Norwich, and I think we created like 16 chances against Burnley, which but is big, like... But, but, but like really big chances, on target. we created three. We I, created under, three I, under, this I understand that. I'm just saying like, for all intents and purposes, I don't see how anyone right now can be looking at this Arsenal team and what they produced over the last couple of weeks and not say that that is an improvement, a drastic oh, improvement on last season. So if this final little cap, and on, on the Aubameyang thing, you know what? Fuck Aubameyang. He's a fucking lazy cunt, right? And if the game is not coming to him, he's essentially a passenger, right? So you talk about not creating chances for him, but if you're going to be that apex player, that 350,000 pound a week player, it is not your fucking job to stand there and wait for one of the 18, 19, 20-year-olds to fucking deliver you something on a plate. Go do something, you lazy shithead fuck. I think it would have been a little bit harsh. I mean, his game isn't that. We've, we've put up with that because he's been an, uh, a fantastic goal scorer for the club in his time. Apart from last year, he's been fantastic for the club, scored a lot of goals. We never complained that he was a lazy uh, twat to just was what I said. <laughs> um, we didn't complain then because he was scoring 20 goals a season. You know, now that that service has dried up and he's not scoring, now suddenly we're starting to criticise the other aspects of the, his game. He's never had other aspects of his game. He's never been one to come back and hold the ball up. He's never been one to come back and link the play. He's never been good in the air. He's been good at putting balls over the top, letting him use his pace and finish. Yeah, is, is that not fair? And that's where we are now. Whether we can go forward with him, with this new style team, you know, the, the jury's out on that. Let me take some positives, because I, I just see a question there or a, a statement from Humbo Gumbo, who's listening to us, saying that uh, he liked the defensive psychological... Psych, he liked the defence against Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> psychology. I know it's late. Psychology. You have a page out of Max book. Were we yeah. were we good defensively or were we lucky? I'm going to count with some positives, but were we good defensively or were we lucky? Because, you know, Burnley, were, we, there was lots of times in the last 20, 25 minutes, and you were at the game, Mike, where we were panicking in defence. You know, we were winning balls but not clearing it. And it was going six, ten yards out of the area, coming straight back at, back at us for, for, you know, cross after cross, corner after corner, attack after attack. Now, of course, we did well. We defended, we kept a clean sheet. But against a better side, i.e. Manchester City, two weeks before, they scored five and could have scored ten. You know, I mean, I know it's a different defence, but were we that good defensively or were they just very poor? Yeah? Anyway? Uh, well, yeah, I, I reckon it was, I think it's a bit of a mixture of both. At some points, we were really good defensively and I think uh, Gabriel really stepped up his mark in this game. You know, he was really, really solid. Uh, you know, there was that Ben White moment where he passed it back to Ramsdale, yeah. uh, which was absolutely stupid. But luckily, you know, it was, you know, Ramsdale got his foot to it and it didn't turn out to be a penalty in the end, which was good. So you got, we got lucky in that sense because you could imagine that probably last year, that would have been a penalty. So I mean, it, it is, it is a mixture of both. Big, Sorry, go on. I'm just going to say, I guess, I mean, you mentioned Ben White. He got caught on the ball a lot. He didn't actually play very well, did he? That's two, three games no, now we've seen him. He looks as nervous as a kitten at the moment. He doesn't look full of confidence. 
he was, you know, he, he, in the first game he played, he was trying to spray balls left and right out to the wings. He sort of stopped and just kept giving it to Gabrielle. It felt like a step backwards to me that we started to go back across the back four. What is it? Is it his second game? Is it his third or second third game, game he's played now? Yeah, third um, game. So, you know, give him a little chance because he did that. You know, he had COVID, didn't he, after the first game? Yeah. So, I... Uh, it was, Sorry, it was just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I didn't think, I mean, I, I'm the positive one. I watched that game and I hated every minute of it. You know, apart from the Erdegaard free kick, I was worried because I couldn't see how we were going to win that game. I thought we were going to get pegged back and, and there'll be an equaliser. I didn't know if we had another gear. Give me you see, I, that's the in. thing. That's the thing with me. Even though I was being there, I was never actually felt worried we was going to concede. Not there was something yeah, about that game. Yeah. I just never felt worried about conceding. I think with 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 actually that, being there as well, is that you're down? hearing the. Oh, sorry. Let me just finish quick. Hearing the crowd jeering up Aaron Ramsdale and watching him come out to the you know come out to the goal. He's clapping. He's he's got a smile from ear to ear. He, this this kid must be standing ten feet tall. Well, that was and, what I was going to come in to say, Scanny. Yeah. The, 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 one of the, the biggest highlight for me. I'm a Bert Leno fan. I think mm, Leno no, is a very very good goalkeeper. But the things that he doesn't do, the things that most Bond goalkeepers uh, do that I hate, is punch the ball and not catch it and take the pressure off. And that's what I was going to say to you, Mike, is that performance of Aaron Ramsdale didn't hardly have a shot to save. And when he had, he did it well. Yeah. But the fact that he climbed up in amongst those big centre-forwards that Burnley had got and claimed the ball, caught it and gave us a breather and gave us a chance to get back into, into some kind of shape I thought that was the excellent thing from our defence. I thought he is the difference so far between those early games and the late games. He has taken control at a very young age of a, a very young back four. Looks great. Mm. Anything else? I think, to yeah, yeah, sorry, I agree. Oh, Gimli, you wanted to come in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think Ramsdale's been... Well, what are you sad. laughing? <laughs> It's just the way you're saying Gimli, like it's. Yeah, it's just funny. Uh, so, 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 I don't know, you I've just met you. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Gimli. That's what oh, I'm laughing at. You can call about. me Ryan. You can call me yeah. My name's Ryan, but you can call me Gimli. Gimli. I know your name's Ryan. I, yeah. I just wonder yeah. where you put it on the screen as Gimli. If I could see I, it's Gimli. Yeah, because so everyone there. Yeah. They call me Gimli in the chat, so I said, fuck it. Let's, let's, go, let's go on as Gimli. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I think. You're at me like. It's just funny. I feel like anytime someone says Gimli, I feel like a two year old kid and. And uh, the kid next to me says, poop. You know, yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Ramsdale shows a lot of bravery uh, since he came here. And that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm I got to say, I, I'm probably the biggest Burton Leno fan of all four of us. I'm huge. I'm a huge Leno guy. Uh, I grew up watching German soccer. And uh, if you're German, I, I already like you. It took me forever to get off Ozil. But yeah, here we are. Um, but yeah, I think watching Ramsdale play, it, it makes you really realize, you know, I don't want to say how poor Leno was, but just his commanding of the box just isn't isn't good enough for us. And watching Ramsdale just being able to jump for the ball, go for the ball, he sees the ball, he's going for it. He doesn't he hasn't paced back. He hasn't wait to let his to let his defense you know clear the block for him. Um, it shows confidence, and he's very confident. And I think when players on the field see that your keeper is confident, it makes you more confident. And I think Gabrielle played with an extreme amount of confidence. He was yelling at people. He was leading the team in certain aspects of the game, which I thought was phenomenal. And I gotta, I'll be honest, I guess I'll be the positive one for today. I don't think Ben Wayne actually played that bad. I think what made him, what made him look that bad was a, the pass, the pass was terrible. It was horrible. That's going to make headlines. And I think Gabrielle played so good. It made Ben White look bad. But if you look at like stats and I know stats don't tell the whole story, but Ben White made the most clearances out of the entire game. He made the most aerial – he won the most aerial uh, duels that entire game. And he, he was all over the place. I, I still don't think he was amazing, but I, I think he was better than what people are making him out to be. Ryan, um, Burnley targeted the absolute – Oh, yeah, because yeah, they, no, put they, did their, purpose, they put yeah. their biggest, most physical player on our shortest, least Barnes physical all defender. Over him, I know. And I thought physically and aerially he stood up. He stood yeah. up really, really yeah. well. His distribution was the thing that let him down, but his right. distribution is the thing that he's that brought him in meant to be good at. But I, I agree with you. I didn't walk out of the game. I thought Ben White was one of our poorer our poorer players yeah. on the day. But I I wasn't walking out saying he's shit. I think I said in a tweet that I thought that in his first couple of games I had found him overall unimpressive. That's what I said. 
Yeah. Not I a crap agree. player. Not this. Not that. Overall, unimpressive. Just very quickly on the Ramsdale thing, Darren. I think that Ramsdale looks good in those games because that's the type of goalkeeper you want in those games. If you get what I mean, like Burnley are always going to smash balls into the box. They've got big men, which means you need a big keeper. Leno is still going to be a better shot stopper. I think he was before. We don't know injured. that yet. We don't know that yet. I am projecting Darren into what I believe. I think that against based Tottenham, on what? Let, have you watched Ramsdale? Based, based I mean, on this what, what I'm saying, have, have you watched him? Because, based because on he's what come I have from, seen, based he's come on what from I clubs who he's won a player of the year three years running. He must be uh, for teams that have got relegated. I would imagine he's been hammered with shots for, for, for ninety minutes for three years. Um, you know, we don't know that. We're saying that Leno is a better shot. To be I'm, fair, I think Leno is one of the best shot stoppers, and I'm going to go out there and uh, say it. I think he's one of the best shot stoppers in the world. And I so think he's I. one of the best in the Premier League. So for so Ramsdale to, to to compare, and I get what you're saying, Darren, because I do agree. I don't know about Ramsdale. I watched him play at Bournemouth. Watched a little bit of him in Sheffield. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just I'm a huge Leno fan, so I'm I'm gonna agree with Max. Like I'm gonna. What say I'm that. getting at, Ryan, but, is I'm saying, yeah. can we just not forget that Leno for a couple of years has either been our best player when we've done our three two ones, our yep. yearly three two ones, which is our points. I think over the three years that we've been doing it, Leno has been number two, number three, number two, and had he not have been injured, was on track to be number one for us. So all of a sudden, the great big circle jerk over Ramsdale for a couple of games, like I always say, pump the brakes, pull up the handbrake. He's done really well in a particular game where he was peppered with a particular type of ball. But I've seen Leno make saves that I haven't seen other keepers in the world capable of making. Seen him make triple saves, hit the deck and get back up. So, I, you know, let's not just lose it over Ramsdale and let's say he had a very good game. That style of goalkeeping, that big statuesque style of goalkeeping, was very very suited to a Burnley game. Do you know that? Like I, I, I was, I was lucky enough to be at the Emirates last night, so I saw Leno again last night. And do you know, and, and we'll we'll talk a little bit about last night. But oh, did you get in? Yeah, took I heard it was so hard to get in. I, it was it was a joke. It was a we will, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about that in some more detail. But one of the things when you see Leno back there, there was that horrible thing again where he's taking a goal kick or a free kick, and all the players come back. And he stands there because he's not sure or not confident enough to, to for these guys to play out from the back. And one of the things that I thought Ramsdale did so well was if he doesn't have that hanging about, he just kicks it outfield. If he thinks, no, this isn't right, it just goes long. And I quite like that. There was a real hesitation last night watching Leno just stand there, uh, you know, goes to kick the ball, goes back, goes forward again. And then in the end, gets someone to go up. But it was embarrassing. We're playing against Wimbledon. And, and it was still something I just thought Ramsdale has come in and from the start just gives us another option. He doesn't just, he looks very quickly, he makes his decision very quickly and he clears the ball if it's not on. I just like that. I just think that's, uh, for a kid that's 23 years old, I think he's still 23, for a kid that's still 23 years old, I just think it's, uh, it's a brave decision by, by Arteta and I think one of his better ones. I really do. I really do. Uh, so, I mean, anything else you want to... Burnley seems months ago, doesn't it? Burnley seems we've, we've seen it, uh, done it. Um, last night, yeah, there was a... I, I was lucky enough to get there last night, but I've never seen scenes like it outside the Emirates in the, in the what, 15 years we've been there. It was, it was a mess. Uh, there was... I, got, I actually left the pub early yesterday, got there early, because I, I, I wasn't in my usual season ticket. I... I wanted to go and get a ticket in the clock end because I haven't been there um, since the stadium's open. So I got I got a ticket in the top tier of the clock end and you could not walk around the ground. I was uh, in a queue for 10 minutes not moving. This isn't queuing to get into the stadium. This is just queuing to get around the stadium. So after 10 minutes, I thought I'm going to walk around the other way and the same problem existed. You walked around and there was just a bottleneck of people. I'm sure there's a lot to do with a lot of people hadn't been to the stadium before, didn't know where the things were. There was a lot of uh, opposition supporters there, which you know were at that end I was trying to get to, but it was uh, embarrassing. You know, it was uh, it was it, it big professional. I, I was getting I was getting um, I'm just trying to find them now. I was getting messages off people who were, who went as well, and apparently there was trying trying out a new security, security system. system, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, apparently it, it fucked up, and none of the stewards knew what to do. 
Well, I, I, that, that bit I can agree with. But I didn't see any good. It was a very, very strange experience. You know, you couldn't get in. I would suggest there was 20,000 people outside at kickoff. You know, um, and yeah, just trying entry. to find out what time the person who I was what, talking to. I also what thought it they got strange in. that the I mean, there was about the half an hour, forty-five minutes before they even got in. Yeah, well, I was going to say I'm surprised the club didn't put the kickoff back. I had no idea why. I mean, it's not like they're being held up by television, was it? Because it wasn't televised. No. Yeah, so that they could have just put it back well. and let people get in. You know, you're getting people to go to the stadium for the first time. And most people, I mean, I got in just before the, the penalty. I saw it on the television as I'm walking into, into the, in, in the ground, you know. Um, well, I'm going to say it would have been embarrassed, wouldn't it, if it was shown on TV with an empty stadium? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, 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 it just was embarrassing, you know, it was embarrassing. There was also, I was up in the clock and there was also, <laughs> do you see that travel at Burnley? Where were you, Scanny? Uh, uh, Mike, were you... Uh, you, did you see? I mean, I don't think much went on in the in the crowd there. There was some. Uh... Oh yeah, I heard about it, but no. I, by by the time it started, I think it started kicking off. I'd got I had I'd already gone. I'd gone round to the cricket club to meet up with the people I went with, who was who I travelled with, and uh, we was just about to start heading back, and we saw about three or four riot vans come past us. So we was like, oh, someone's just kicking off, but no. By then, it it was all. It was, I had gone by that time. So it was the same last nothing. night in the It was really old school. I mean, I'd, I haven't been in the clock end before, but separating the home from the away supporters is about a metre of empty. You know, they're like two small fences, um, four foot high fences, some stewards, four or five stewards in the middle uh, of about 10 Arsenal fans who were just winding up the Wimbledon fans, just really winding them up, really. And, and there were some big guys on that Wimbledon side trying to climb the fence and you got four stewards and the police arrived i would suggest with 15 minutes to go all game long it was it was kicking off all game long there was probably couldn't get in through the turnstiles there you go (laughs) it was probably there at kickoff (laughs) no it's the same it was the same at burnley you've you've pretty much got um i'd say what about a meter distance between the two side the two fans and then you are literally like a four-foot fence, which is nothing and hardly any stewards. It's, it's, it's There's going to be a mass brawl sooner or later. Well, I, was really reading is, an, yeah. I was reading an article the other day saying that football hooliganism has started to rear its head in England again over the last couple of years. And it's really interesting because is it a younger generation thing? Is it now a younger generation who's grew, who's grown up I guess like lauding that older generation of football, that that tribalistic style of football, and now uh, that's why it's eighteen it's months of being locked in. up. Eighteen yeah. months of being locked up in lockdown. Nobody's <laughs> had a fight for eighteen months. Two hundred and world's most lockdown city. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all feel really sorry for <laughs> you. Oh, stop going on about it, like your buddy. You know, like it's bad. Shut the fuck up and get on with it. Man up with it. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, it's it, like like thing he was saying. Like the, it's it has kicked off, but I agree with Darren as well. It's a lot of it is being locked up for so long, not really having football to go to, and mixed with alcohol. I took a um, someone... I took a I took exception to a BBC report I read this morning on the game last night that said, uh, Mikel Arteta fielded a strong side." Now I can understand for somebody who doesn't watch Arsenal very often, they might have said that. But one of the saddest things with watching that game last night was it was on paper a very strong side, but it was all our misfits. I mean, far mm-hmm. one or two exceptions, it was a team of misfits. It could have been in the Beano, you know, the the you know, we've got the lanky one, we've got the fat kid. We got there, it was it was a real strange lineup. You know, we had we had nobody in there outside a party, Tommy Yasu and I would say Tavares. There was really nothing to get excited about. So they, no, no Tommy Arsenal didn't play, did he? No. no, did I say Tommy Arsenal? I meant Tavares. Did I say oh, Tommy Arsenal? Right, Tavares. The mentality of the people who aren't playing are probably the, that those performances are one of the best windows into seeing what the culture at the club actually is, and whether or not they're capable of being motivated, and whether or not they're fighting for positions, or whether you've got stone kickers in the club who are just sitting there waiting to see out their contract. So. To go and see essentially a second eleven, and what excited me about it is, I thought our second eleven was quite good because our second eleven was essentially 
a lot of players that were playing for us last year on and off. It was, it was, so it watching, that, it was watching last year's Arsenal, pretty much. It shows oh. that the squad is deepening and it shows that the squad is improving and it okay. also shows that the, the players positive. who... That's the positive part of it. It yeah. is. You're right. I, I mean, I agree. We've got depth in pretty much every position, but that depth isn't challenging to get into the first team. They're on their way down. It's uh, if he's injured, we can put him in. If, you know, Cedric can play if Tomiyasu gets injured. It was that sort of, of, of team right the way through. Every position almost, apart from those... That, that strength of squad, Darren, pe people may still be in areas of our first 11 a, a little bit unimpressed or without awe that we don't have any real world-class game breakers because we're going with this youth and we're bringing through a lot of players but having that sort of depth that sort of depth and not having european football leads you to believe that we will be in european football again next year i'm, I'm starting to come much more around to the idea again that we're probably a top six squad Ooh, it's our starting yeah, yeah. 11 that's stopping us from being a little bit higher i think you but said i said down i said, said we we're finishing the top half on the first podcast this year well there's still time know. to change his mind yeah absolutely absolutely down one of the things i said after the burnley game that i said i was most excited about was i said that's the first time i've looked at our bench and thought that our bench was good, that our bench could make a difference, that our bench had players. I wasn't looking at our bench thinking, oh, who the fuck are we going to bring on? What are we going to do? You know, there's options there and there's, there's players not many. there. I still don't think that, I guess that's my point. Look, I don't want to be too negative. Fuck me, I'm the negative one tonight. I, I didn't want to, honestly, I went there last <laughs> night. I like going to Carling Cup games. Whenever I get a chance, I, or Carabao Cup, or let's just call it the League Cup. Um, I like going to League Cups because ever since Wenger took over, we've seen the best of our, our youth projects coming through. And I know times have changed. We haven't got Europe. We, we need to give the first team some minutes. We need to get some minutes in their legs. We need to keep them happy. They need to give them a chance to prove themselves that they're good enough. But look at that team last night. And it was quite depressing that these were all the people who hadn't made it at Arsenal. You know, Leno, um, Holding, uh, Mari, uh, Cedric. Uh, you know, you can go through, you know, Lacazette to a certain extent. You know, these are all players that are no longer first choice. And there was only party, Sammy Laconga and Tavares, who were, I thought, the best three players on the park. You know, they, they, were, they were better than everybody else. I just thought it was Why would they play Thomas Party? That's my question. He, oh, wanted, to, he wanted to play. It's to get minutes in. He, he wanted, I think they want to try and get minutes into him, don't they? Because I think he was still sort of struggling coming back from his long injury yeah i mean so come on, trying to get as many forward, minutes into I mean, him he, as he hasn't lasted a full game yet has he scotty hasn't no. he's only he's only game. played 90 minutes for us 10 times out of 41 games yeah so there's a sports there's a sports science thing different sport completely but there's a, a player oh, we go on to rugby now aren't we yeah. It, yeah so there's a player who i've watched for years who used to be brilliant and then he started to get injured and the sports science to manage his injury was to reduce his load so they reduced his load, but he just kept getting these soft tissue injuries. Anyway, the guy who's like 34 has played an entire season now and had one of his best seasons because a new sports scientist came in and the term he used was steel sharpened steel, right? So basically yeah. you have to play because you're a little bit older. You have to play and you have to train hard because steel sharpened steel. And if we back off your load, you're just going to start maintaining all these small injuries so i did wonder if with thomas party because he's been in and out of injuries so much that it's more about getting him back up to full elite physical level so that he can actually keep going rather than wrapping him in cotton. And we are only talking about playing two games a week he's 24 years old it shouldn't be that tough should it Do you know he's uh, you know these players can play twice a week what we were complaining about when we were at the top end of the game is we were playing twice a week especially towards the end of the seasons when the game's more important, when we're in the later rounds of the Europa League or the Champions League, we were our players were playing twice a week and they could cope with twice a week, but we weren't having time to train them, you know, into in in Arteta style or in Emery style. Now, you know, we don't have that that uh, disadvantage of, of playing twice a week, but it still is only playing football twice a week. And most of these kids are 22, 23, 24. I could make it once a week now. <laughs> 
well, maybe not. I think the only problem, I wouldn't say even problem, I think the only thing with that situation is Thomas Partey's probably, besides Aubameyang, he's probably the oldest player in the squad right now. And he's probably the most important player as far as positionally and just what we want to do. I think he's relied upon. I think we need him more. And he's, again, he's the most, I think he's the most important piece to our puzzle right now. So we kind of, I think we're kind of demanding more of him. And we need to demand more of him just in a, in, a, in a game-by-game basis, just based on, again, what we want to do, what his skill set is, what we want him to do with bringing other players into the game. Um, but I, I, I still agree. I, I think we sh- he should still be able to play two two games a week, no problem. But then again, I'm not a professional football player, so um, there's And I'm that. just being told he's 27, not 24. My apologies. They all look young when you get to my age. <laughs> to all of them. Jesus fucking looks young I to you. Carlo was a teenager. <laughs> He was about forty-five when he signed. Yeah. No, the, 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 good, the good thing is about keeping party fit. It keeps Xhaka out the out the club. That was going to be my. That you. was going to be my yeah. question. For the you podcast. know he's starting on Sunday, right? Yeah. Well, gonna be was, like, I don't think he will. We know he's starting here, right? Like, I honestly yeah. don't think he will. Come on, then. I if he does, right. I hope you're right. I don't think. If he so. does, then he's not proving anyone wrong, there, is he? He's just reverting to the norm. What every other. Manager before him at Arsenal have done. Okay, well let me ask you, let, let me phrase it as a question to each of you. Each of you can answer it. It's the same question, but I've got it written down here. So, the team that he played against Burnley um, was pretty much the team he played the week before, the, or the, the the team that finished the week before. He's got a North London derby at home. We've now watched the way he does his team selections. Do you play the same team, or do you think there's going to be changes, and why? Scanny, go on, you were talking, so... Yeah, I think there'll be possibly maybe one change. I think it's either going to be ESR is probably going to be switched for Lekonga or maybe AMN. I don't think Xhaka's going to get into the team. He'll make the bench. I just don't think he's going to get into the team. Just um, just on that point, you say maybe Lekonga. Are we worried that Arteta doesn't see what we see in Oh, I certainly see Lukonga. I thought Lukonga was, again, he's got this calmness about him, uh, uh, an ability to turn away from trouble. Um, uh, 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 a way he isn't phased in that game, Mike, but Arteta doesn't seem to, to want to play him. No, I think he's, well, he's only just come at the club, hasn't he? So he's, he's probably just given him that chance to settle, to try and move, you know, to try and pu- push him in, but not overly do it, you know, just throw him in at the deep end, but Sooner or later, you're going to have to be thrown in at some point, and you're going to have to play these big teams, and you're going to have to show what you are actually worth during these big teams. Do you think he played and those two together? We're better than the North London derby because everything goes out the window in a derby. Do you think he played those two together last night as a potential partnership for Sunday? Yeah, probably. Um, it, it makes sense. It makes more sense doing that than it does not. You know, there's no point in playing them two against Wimbledon giving him the minutes to work together to then not use him in the North London derby and just throw Xhaka back into the mix, you know. I, 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 that would be utterly pointless, but I can see what Ryan's saying. He probably will do that. So and Ryan, that's what, we, that's changes, what we Ryan, sort of tend to see. I mean, if it's up to me, I think you, I think you bring in the likes of Ainsley uh, Maitland-Niles to partner up a party just because I think uh, AMN just offers up that, you know, that defensive responsibility, he helps us out defensively. I think he has a lot of pace and he's able to transition from attack to defense. And, you know, the Spurs are a counterattacking team. So I think AMN, I think, would be vital in, in playing them. Now, I, it's a big game and he just came into the, the center midfield fold. So I, I it, it'd be a, it'd be a tough thing for, I feel like, Arteta to kind of come to, come to grips with and, and to put in. Um, but I think someone like him is, is, is literally perfect against the scum. Just playing that because they, they're all they're gonna do is they're just gonna they're gonna let us have the ball and they're gonna wait for us to fuck up and they're just gonna counterattack us with Son and Kane. And I think I think Amen is just is just one of the, the perfect players I think to stop them. And uh, the one thing I will say about Lakonga is I don't think I don't think Arteta doesn't want to play him. I just think Arteta didn't think he would come good this quick. And I think he's kind of have a he kind of has a problem on his hands because. He kind of pledged his loyalty to Xhaka. But Xhaka's doing nothing but spitting in his face while you have someone like Lakonga and, and, and even AMN, who just a couple weeks ago, you know, on Instagram was like, I just want to play. He, he pleading for help, crying for help to anyone that would listen. 
and you know, the, and you know, now you have Amen and Lakanga, probably two of his most loyal servants, and, and two of the two of the players that are probably going to give him the best chance to win. And I don't want to go back to the Berlin game. I'm going to go back real quick and watching that game. Like I get, I guess I completely disagree with you. I thought it was amazing to watch in the fact that our midfield has been shit for so long, just very immobile and, and just very one dimensional and boring. And we just get outrun off the pitch. Our midfield loses every battle every week, week in, week out against Burnley. We were fast. We were willing to change direction. We were, we were just, we were, our midfield was everywhere. And especially when AM and Lukunga came on the pitch, they just looked like they were ready to go. They, they, they won the ball. They carried the ball forward. They were willing to do what they got to do to win. And on top of that, the Norwich game where Lukonga and AMN played pretty much the entire game, or maybe it was just that. No, yeah, AMN and Lukonga pretty much played the entire game. Again, they just offered, they offer so much flexibility in what we want to do in the midfield or just in, in just a football game. I, fuck what Arteta wants to do. Fuck his system. Them in the midfield, just they just make us more dangerous. They make teams think twice about what we want to do. And everyone said against Norwich, AMN did not have a good game. I completely disagree. I thought he actually had a pretty good game. His problem was he tried to get a bomb yang into the game too much, and he fucked himself by trying to pass the ball and trying to be cute, and he couldn't get the ball to a bomb yang. But the fact is, the midfield of Lacan, I'm losing, <clears throat> losing my voice, the, the, the partnership of Lacan and AMN just offer up something different. And we're willing to carry the ball forward, willing to dribble the ball into the final third, which is something we never did. Especially in the center, we've never done that. So to see that, to see kind of just our, I don't know, just to see our just see our pace and the way we want to play and the fact that, like, okay, we lose the ball in our little donut of, of horse shit, then we're going to, you know, we can track back. AMN and LeCon can track back and play defensively because AMN, as long as he's been at the club, he's been a right back. He, he, he knows how to play defense. He knows how to make had to take one-on-one challenges. And he's, in my opinion, one of the better one-on-one challenge, challengers, challenges, challengers in the club, you know, barring any center backs that we have. And I think he's perfect He's perfect to be on Sun, on Harry Kane. So, I don't know. I, I think I think you got to play AMN here. We're not. We're going to play Jacques and Partey. I don't want that to happen. I don't want Jacques anywhere near the starting 11 for as long as he's at this club. But I just, again... Uh, to me, and, and 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 Glenn from New York said it when we were on the same old Arsenal podcast. When you think about Jaka, his first his first thing when we were talking about it was when Arteta patted Jaka on the ass when Jaka was walking off the pitch. He fucking quit on us. He fucking left. He goes, "I'm I'm done. I'm tired of this shit." He put a two foot challenge in, and I'm not here to argue if it was a red card or not. I personally think it was completely a red, 100 percent red card. And he pats him on the ass like, "Oh, good try. You know, you, you tried." He gets sent off like the 30th minute. Like and you're gonna just you're just gonna weasel him back back into the eleven. I mean, again, him. I think Arteta patting Jaka on the ass was an act, like you know when people say actions speak louder than words. I think that's something that people will go to because that's just to me that's something you just save it for the showers. Maybe you know when he's in the shower, pat go pat him on the ass. But it just it just looked it looked really bad for him and the club at, at that point where we got fuck me no wonder your podcast go for three and a half yeah. fucking hours damn right damn right <laughs> oh. Max, I, was, I was gonna come to you i just want to come back to to uh to ryan on two things there i i mean i agree with mate and Niles. he's never been he's, he's max's love child he's wanted him to play for forever. i'm the uncle so i yeah I, I, and I I, that, i've man. been less less impressed however i will say that i thought um when he came on his, his 30 minute cameo whatever it was against burnley was excellent i thought he, would, he, he looked really quick to the pace of the game but when you said that our midfield to quote you our midfield was everywhere against burnley isn't that also mean they were all over the place Do you know it's uh it, i mean it's it's I, tough I because we that. had odegaard partner with party which is kind of it started out. It started out as a four-one-four-one, but it turned into Odegaard kind of dropping back, getting the ball. And Arteta is more the, of an offensive player. I think so this like, is my point. He started a four-one-four-one, yeah. or was it a four-three-three? You know, it was nobody yeah, really could, knew yeah, because true, there, yeah. there didn't seem to be any discipline in that side at all. You know, the ball just kept coming back and back and back. There wasn't anyone good enough to take the ball and relieve pressure. Arteta yeah, but that was because the guys the up front, the front three struggled to fucking hold the ball and create, so it kept coming back onto the did midfield. It, did it get to them? You know, did it get to them? You know, yeah, the, you yeah. listen to Arteta's, Arteta after the game saying, in the first half he was really pleased, in the second half we just kept giving the ball away. And that's where it came from. The midfield weren't strong enough. Maybe it's a fitness thing. 
where, where they just, the ball kept coming back and back and back. We hardly touched the ball in that second half. Max, I'm going to come to you because we haven't had a chance. Do you think he'll keep the same side, was the original question, um, as he did? Or do you think he'll make changes? And do you think Xhaka will be one of them? I think you're going to see a midfield three of Odegaard, Xhaka and Party. That's that's what I think you're going to see. And I'm going to be really disappointed when it happens because I think this is a real opportunity for Arteta to show what we've been talking about in those couple of games, that we're starting to see the way he wants to progress. And I think Arteta is going to go back to something that is more solid, which is something that I have criticised him for in the past. Players come in, have good games, and then Arteta has a, a tendency to then pull those players and change them up. If you look at Pepe hitting form, getting pulled out of the team. ESR hitting form, getting pulled out of the team. Different centre-backs having different runs, getting pulled out of the team. Mm. I desperately hope that's not the case, but I have every expectation to see Xhaka and Party together, Odegaard either in front or pulling into a three. And the thing that really fucks me off about it is we know how Tottenham are going to play. We know they're going to sit deep and break. And I don't mind Xhaka if we're coming up against the City or if we're coming up against the Liverpool and our intention is to play very, very passive and sit deeper and let Xhaka spray the ball in front of him. Where Xhaka is awful is when he's forced to transition between going forwards and coming back. He's awful when he gets turned. The reason why Longaka... Lokonga, I always fuck his name up. Lokonga and AMN. Everyone's name up. The reason why Lokonga and AMN look good, the optics of it, that they look better, and I'm not sure that they are necessarily better at this point, but the reason why they look better is because they're bigger, they're faster, they're more physical, and they're two-directional. Now, whether or not those two are technical enough yet or smart enough yet, I would have big question marks about that. I think the reason why they look so good in that 30 minutes of the Burnley game was because it was 30 minutes. So you've got AMN, who's basically got fucking ADD and can only concentrate in a game for small periods of time and goes in and out of games. AMN looks very, very good when he comes off the bench into midfield because he's got a job role. The game state is already set in front of him, so he doesn't have to go and work out what the game state is like he does from the start of a game. And all he's got to do is go in, be physical, be cute, and the great thing about AMN is he's got three different things he'll do to you. He'll chase you down. He'll tackle you because he's a very good stand-up tackler. He'll carry the ball with his feet as in he can actually run past you. And he's a nice, neat passer of the ball who holds possession. He can cut inside. He can Cruyff turn you. He can do a little pullback. Now, none of that fucking matters when you've got Tottenham swarming all over you and you're a guy who hasn't played a lot in midfield and you don't know when to push and pull those different levers. So I have every expectation that we're going to see Xhaka and party. And I think that I would maybe be... So if I saw a midfield three of Lakonga, party and Odegaard, that would be my preference for this game. Those would be the three players that I'd like to see there. I don't want to see Xhaka play there. But absolutely not do I want to see an Ainsley, Maitland-Niles and Lakonga midfield two. I think something will happen and they'll get ass-fucked and then you're going to drain all the confidence that you're building from. I'd rather have Ainsley on the bench, be able to bring him on if I need to see out a game, if I need to calm things down. The guy who I actually think shouldn't play in this game is Saka because I think he's fucked. I think he's absolutely fucking blowing out of his ass. He hasn't had a good game this year. He missed his fucking penalty against the Euros. He should have been given an extended break. I wouldn't have even liked to have seen him in the team until Norwich would have been the first game I would have liked to have seen Saka in the team. So, long story short... Just as a slight aside on that, Max, I'm back in. I agree with most of what you said there. You actually sound like you know what you're talking about, which is... Yeah, right? Crazy. It's a podcast first for us, and we've heard it here. But um, <laughs> I, I would, I, I think he's going to play the same, the same team. Oh, look, Humbo Gumbo says Max knows. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think he will play, play the same. I think he might just stick with the same lineup that he had. Saka, just as an aside, Saka came on for fifteen, what about fifteen minutes last night, and changed the game. Now, whether that's coming in on as a substitute against a very, very tired AFC Wimbledon side, 
but he only had 10 15 minutes last night and he he was exceptional when he came on smith row as well they suddenly gave us a bit of quality and a bit of class less thinking albeit against uh, only afc wimbledon and a very tired afc wimbledon um any none of you have, have mentioned but any chance you think Lacazette may get the nod against Tottenham no. as opposed to Aubameyang? Because Lacazette's no. record's very good in that derby. No. Um, I want him to, but he's not going to. Gimli, he's put everything into Aubameyang this year. All the years we've been saying Aubameyang on the left, then Aubameyang in the middle, then Aubameyang in a two. He's I want Aubameyang on the left, the left side of the bench. He's 300 feet. fucking shit on the fucking left. You're a moron. No, on the bench, he said. Left side, side, left side of the bench. bench. Left side of yes. the bench. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, Gimli. I'll, I'll give you back your axe. He, he, Arteta has gone all in on Aubameyang. We didn't have enough goals last year. Aubameyang wasn't in enough form. He needs to be played in form. I don't think you will see Aubameyang come out of this team this year unless yeah. he's injured or unless it's for a cup. Well, Arteta's yeah, going toe-to-toe. Arteta went toe-to-toe yeah, -to -toe with Manchester City. He went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Chelsea and it backfired both times. He put a very attacking lineup, I thought, against Burnley and it just about worked. If this is the way he wants to play, I can see him playing the same side that he played against Burnley. Very attacking lineup, um, and and he will reward players, I think, for two clean sheets and, and you know two victories. Yeah, uh, are we? Look, just looked at the time. Thank God for that. It's nearly time to get a bed. Uh, just a quick one to finish up with because this isn't Ryan. This isn't a three and a half hour podcast. This is just <laughs> a little taster uh, for what you can get. Um, confidence going into this weekend. I mean, a week ago it was, or two weeks ago, it was pretty low. Spurs were top of the table, nine points, three one-nil victories. Um, lucky in two of those that I watched, uh, and we were bottom of the table, three straight defeats, nine goals conceded, not a goal scored. It's a little bit of a turnaround now. We've scored, uh, we've scored two goals, one two one-nils, and Spurs have lost three nils back to back away at Crystal Palace. And uh, we saw Chelsea demolish them at the weekend. Confidence levels going in to this weekend. And favourite North London derby memory? Scully, go on, you haven't spoke for a while. Oh, uh, Confidence-wise, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm, I don't know. I, don't, I, can, I can go either way at the minute. Uh, because when it comes to, when it comes to um, confidence and playing styles and tactics and everything else it just you know for the North London derby every, every, all bets are off everything's you know nothing goes right for either team at some point in, in the game and it's you're not going to see these tactics and everything else it's just going to be a bit of a scrap I think like it normally is okay you know, two mid-table teams scrapping out that's, yeah that's pretty much yeah Max are you confident going in? I'll be I'll I'll be confident when I see the team lineup. If I see yeah. the team line, if I yeah. see the team lineup, and Jacka isn't there, and Laconga is in, and either ESR or Saka come out, then I'll actually be confident. If he reverts back to what he's done in the past, which is a Jacka party midfield, I won't be confident. And my favourite North London derby in memory is still the Thomas Rosicky wonder comeback goal because I fucking yeah. love it. One of the most underrated players ever to play yeah. for Arsenal. He loved the Zitz. And he fucking loved a North London derby. He wasn't underrated. Fucking loved it. I agree with everything you said there, except he wasn't underrated. We loved him. Everyone loved him. I don't yeah. think there was an issue with Rizzi. I think mean, he was underrated by, well, you, you get that from a lot of pundits in the UK, don't you, about being underrated and stuff. You never get mentioned here. But Arsenal fans, yeah, I agree. They loved him. Rizzi yeah, on skill. on skill makes it into my squad for my best Arsenal team of all time. Maybe not in my starting 11, but Rosicki makes it into my squad. Just before I come to you, Ryan, because I, I noticed there that I think Max stole two of your answers there. But uh, um, maybe. Did you have a favourite North London moment, Mike? I forgot to ask you. Uh, the, the most recent one, I would say, is probably one of my most favourites, is that it's the game where Leno made that double save. Oh, you know, I've never yeah. seen a keeper do that for a long, long time. And then he just pulled it off in that game, and I thought that was brilliant. And that—that's probably one of the best memories I've got because, I, you know, I wasn't there live, but watching it on telly, I was. Lost my virginity that game. Well, Leno, Leno, like no, I, I think. Right, I'm, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> that came out wrong. 
I thought it, yeah, forget it. Go on, Ryan. Ryan. No, I, tell, I, tell I, us I, a story how you lost I, your virginity I, I, to that I, game. Go on, Ryan. Confidence I, going into the weekend. It was a very weekend. nice save. I, I was very hard. Uh, yeah, no. So um, the one thing I will say, which is going to lead to my answer about it, how confident I am, is I think Saka is blowing out of his ass. I could not agree with more with Max. But if you look at two, our, both of our goals that we scored to get the 1-0 win, Saka was the one that got fouled, making that turn into getting the 18-yard box, gave us a free kick to score the goal. And he was the one that turned into the 18-yard box against Norwich and gave that pass to Pepe, who gave it to Bamiang, scored the goal. So it, it sucks because I think he needs a rest, but the North London derby is a game of inches. And I think, especially after the Burnley game, I'm confident because I think anything can happen. We're, we're now a more physical team. We could kind of – I don't want to say we could do what we want, but I, I don't know. The, the physicality that we showed against Burnley, if we could show even a little bit of it against Tottenham, I think there's we're 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 definitely in this game. The problem is, I think, and like Scunny said, I think it's just it's a scrappy game. It's a game of inches. It's a game of one one play, one one second, one player turning off, and that's it. Game's over. I think Saka is that guy that'll just expose that. I think Saka can make that one play in that one second in the ninety minutes that'll turn the game around for us. Problem is, I agree with Max. I don't want him to play. I want him to rest. He's blowing out of his ass. Um, but again, uh, I'm very confident, and I think we're we're going to make it a game, and it's it's going to come down to which team fucks up first. And let Saka come early, off. It's not going to be us. I'd let Saka come off the bench. I'd put together yeah, a that's, yeah, that's fair team too. that's not going to concede, that's going to defend well, and then I'd give Saka 30 minutes yeah. if the game state's fine to get on there and say, go hard, do what you want. You don't need to direct this game today. You don't need to set the pace of this game. I'll just let you go for it. And that's kind of what I was getting to before you stole my thunder, but that's cool. And to shout out to Why Not, that's kind of what I was trying to say. I was trying to say Leno took my virginity with the double save, but it came out as I lost my virginity. Ryan, your virginity 31. has always been a game of inches. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Game <laughs> of inches, kitchens, moment. and uh, inflatables. Favorite North, End, North London derby moment? I, 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 Ryan losing his was, virginity. Yeah, probably, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's very true. Um, just because I like both, but I'm not going to say both. Um, I can't believe I'm saying this because I don't really rate him as an Arsenal player. But uh, when Ramsey scored in the Northland Derby and he pointed to the he pointed to the scum pitch, he goes, "This is my fucking house." Oh, and that's, that's fucking. All right, well, yeah, whatever. Still, that's something that I've like always wanted to do: go to go to a go to an away team's ground and be like, "Fuck you! This is me. This is where this is where I live." And yeah, that was that was all. I think just, just to add something to the debate on Saka, I mean, Andy, I know you, I can understand all your points. He should play. He shouldn't. He shouldn't play. He should come on from the bench. But Saka will get the North London derby. You know, him and Will Smith yeah. have grown up in this club. <coughs> Excuse me. They know this club. They they understand the fans. They understand the rivalry. And sometimes you can put some of these players who have just joined our side who don't really get it. You know, it's going to be very very intense for players. And they have played in the before, and they do understand what they're all about. Um, obviously, I'm very confident. I think we're going to. But I hate this game. It's my least favourite game of the year. Always my least favourite game of the year at home to Tottenham. There's, there's, uh, there's just too much on it. There's just too much yeah. on it. I feel sick yeah. leading up to this game because there's just too much on it. However, my favourite moment, just like I mentioned it every now and again, I was actually in the shelf Tottenham's end at White Hart Lane when we beat them five 0 uh, and that was one of the very best days of my early life as an Arsenal fan. Fabulous, fabulous day. Look, we're going to wrap this up. Score prediction quickly, Darren. What would your nil. bet be? We know you like a punt. What would your uh, bet be? Uh, well, after my bet on a baby gang to get the golden boot, I've had to pull back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good so far. Ryan, that was done purely on value. I was having a bet last weekend and uh, I was having a bet on the Arsenal game, which actually I got a four-team accumulator come up, Arsenal being one of them. Um, and I, I just looked at the price of the golden boot and Aubameyang's 40 to 1. And I'm thinking, he's only got that pensioner that United have just signed to beat. And he's got an unhappy Kane who doesn't want to be there. Uh, and, you know, it's... Uh, sorry, that pensioner, that, yeah, Manchester United, Ronaldo, he's, he's going to be over by Christmas. So it just seemed good value at 40 to 1 for Aubameyang. But I am starting to regret that. <laughs> I am starting to regret that. Come on, let's wrap it up. It's late here. Score prediction, Darren. Uh, what what do you nil. actually think the score's going to be? Three-nil. What the fuck? Three-nil. Three times running. Three times running. 
Just just when you were the most negative person on the podcast, you end the show at the as the most positive person on the podcast. I'm only I'm only it. negative when I hear positivity, and you you have been yeah. far too positive today. That's so fair. I've had to I pull you low, back. I think low scoring draw. I think a really scrappy game. I'm, I'm I think one one. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was gonna go say the same one one. Well, I don't want to be the same as you, fuck. So I'm gonna say two one to the Arsenal. Actually, that's not, how, that's not how you do a prediction, Ryan. Yeah, you don't say, yeah. I'm going to predict something different because yeah. you predict I, what you think is going to happen. That is the whole purpose of a prediction. I don't, want, I, don't, I, don't, I don't conform, okay? I got unicorns. I have. I, I, don't, I don't need to conform. I'm going to say you two are, the arsenal. You are non-binary, not in your sexuality, but in your fucking brain chemistry. Your brain <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> I know what that means. Non-binary. Thank you. I've got no yeah, idea what, what he says means. He's been locked down for too long. And he should be locked up for longer. <laughs> On that point, let's just hope we destroy America in the Ryder Cup. Oh, I can't wait, Darren. I'm fucking in, uh, pumped oh, into the Ryder the Australians Cup. Australians in, in the cricket. I was at Lord yesterday. I was at a funeral yesterday. I just wanted to just mention, actually, I meant to mention it at the start. I was at the funeral of a lovely lady, Fiona Mason, season ticket holder at Tottenham, um, who's been a really good friend of mine and my wife's best friend for many, many years. Um, really, really interesting funeral, fabulous funeral. Three, four hundred people turned up, uh, and the, the wake was in the uh, in the what do you call it at Lords the at Lords Cricket Ground in the um, come on go where was I yesterday the famous room the long room at Lords there the long room at Lords for the funeral I just want to just say uh, uh, what a fantastic woman Fiona Mason was and she'll be missed by everybody who knew her very personal message but someone who touched me. A lot. Can I say that? <laughs> I don't know if you say that on the Ars Pros, because that could be chewed as a completely different different statement. Okay, everyone. Oh. Thanks so much for coming. Really appreciate your company. Uh, it's going to be quick tonight. But Ryan, thanks. Mike, thanks. Max, thanks. No Darren, problem. I'm Darren. We will speak to you all this time next week. Press that button, Max. The right button. <laughs>